This episode of GameScoop is sponsored by Squarespace. If you're looking for a way to make your business stand out and succeed online, Squarespace is the all-in-one website platform for you. They take the stress out of creating an awesome website, engaging with your audience, and selling anything from products to content to time so you're able to focus on, you know, everything else. In other words, you'll have more time for gaming. With the new guided design system, you can choose from curated layouts and styling options to build a unique online presence from the ground up, optimized for every device. And with Squarespace's integrated, optimized SEO tools, you'll show up more often to more people. Squarespace doesn't just make things easier for you. Checkout for your customers is made seamless with simple but powerful payment tools that allow you to accept credit cards, PayPal, and Apple Pay. And in eligible countries, offer the option to buy now and pay later with Afterpay and Clearpay. So whether you're just starting out or looking to expand your existing brand, be sure to visit squarespace.com for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch, go to squarespace.com gamescoop to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. That's squarespace.com gamescoop for 10% off. You know, when it comes to wireless carriers, sometimes what you see isn't always what you get. Except with Visible. With Visible, what you see is exactly what you get. If you haven't heard of Visible, well, now you have. They're the wireless carrier that's making wireless visible. It's in the name. With Visible, there are no hidden fees, no fine print, no hassle, nothing to hide. It's just $25 a month, all taxes and fees included. And you don't need more than one line of wireless to save. You can save on a line all to yourself with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon. And again, just $25 a month. The future of wireless is here and it is transparent. If you want more transparency in your wireless plan, you want to be on the Visible plan. Switch to Visible today and save at Visible.com. That's Visible.com. Monthly rate on the Visible plan. For data management practices and additional terms, visit Visible.com. What's up, everybody? Welcome to IGN Game Scoop. I'm your host, Damon Hatfield. Joining me this week are Sam Claiborne. Leap Scoop. It's a Leap Scoop and Justin Davis. Scoop. I meant to look this up. When is the next Leap Year? This, this is such a special episode of Game Scoop. When is the It's always four years from now, but we've year. never done a Leap Scoop before. That's what I was going to say. The, so the next Leap Scoop, I mean, yeah, I don't know. Oh, when will the next Leap Day happen on Thursday? <laughs> There you go. Wow. Next one will be, I don't think, maybe people don't know. (laughs) It's impossible to know. It's impossible to know. With all those leap seconds out there. There's there's no no way way to know when the next leap day will happen on Thursday. That makes this a very special episode. Great show that we've got for you. First and last. This week, we're going to talk about some two game demos that are out right now that I have uh, experienced and I have thoughts on both of them. And then we're going to talk about uh, a topic that was suggested in the Facebook group that I thought was interesting. What are the worst games and the best franchises. There's some interesting mm. uh, answers there. But first, Justin, I believe you recently revisited The Raid 2. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I did. Does it, does it hold up in your opinion? It's actually been a minute since I've watched it. I think that movie is way too long. I I, and like, I feel guilty saying that. Like, it, it has some of the most incredible action scenes ever made and yeah. not just sort of like, you know, kung fu hand-to-hand fighting, but like really such an expansion of like the car chases and all the camera work. Like, it's unbelievable, right? But like, it's just that movie is two and a half hours long. Yeah, it's you could probably so cut 30 long, minutes dude. out of that. This is At when, least we, when we talked about this recently, this guy, the bad guy is fighting here. He's just a teacher. He's not an actor. Oh, it's so good. He's the best yeah. too. So, what should like, they have cut? I, I mean, basically everything that's not the fighting. They don't need any of it. 
Um, it's this very melodramatic, you know, undercover police story. Mm-hmm. And like, they just don't, they, you know, they don't need it. Um, so I, I went on this journey. It's all because of Mark Medina, by the way, because mm-hmm. he mentioned offhand, like, oh, like I'm watching John Wick. And I was like, ooh, I want to watch John Wick. And then I watched all four of those. <laughs> and dread and the raid and the raid too. So that's been my journey over the last like two or three weeks. It's been awesome. That's a lot of, that's a lot of fighting and killing. It is. I've had my fill. It's like a little bit, you know, it's like, you know, I love, I love those movies just mm-hmm. like everybody does, but like, you know, it starts to blur together after mm-hmm. around John wick three. You're like, sure. okay, I get that. And then you're also saying that you're, uh, you're watching the star Wars prequels with your daughters. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're terrible. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're the worst. I, and I know there's this weird Star Wars prequel Defense Force and like all the memes and like all that. But it's like those movies are awful. Do your kids like them? I I don't know. Do, like, it's a little hard to tell because they, you know, they're a little bit too old for like, oh, Jar Jar. Like, you know, they don't think he's silly. Mm-hmm. Like they don't have an opinion on him. But like those movies and like, yeah, I haven't seen them in like a decade. Mm-hmm. Like anything that's not Jar Jar Binks and like lightsabers, they make no sense. They're so confusing. It's like the whole first movie is about a trade dispute and like the trade Federation. And they set up a trade embargo and nobody can leave the planet. And my daughter's just sitting there like, you know, glazed over with their eyes watching the screen. I'm like, none of the politics of those movies make any sense to kids. And they barely make sense to adults. Yeah. That was a very strange choice. Um, yeah, I don't know. So I've watched these several times in recent years because I show like bits and pieces of them to my son and he likes them or he, li- he at least likes watching, uh, uh, pod racing and, you know, likes uh, mm-hmm. the lightsaber battle with Darth Maul. I like the broad strokes. I like the tragic tale of what happened to Anakin Skywalker. So if you just sort of like yeah, think of it that true. way, I just like the broad strokes of that story. My daughters are very mind blown that, you know, that cute little boy and now this man are like, you know, like that's that's Darth Vader. He's going to be Darth Vader. So it's like, you know, they're old enough to like appreciate the story on that level. Yeah. Everyone tries pretty hard, but anybody who ever plays Anakin is just terrible. Just terrible. (laughs) I'll try spinning. That's a good trick. If if your second movie too, if you're in the second one, like that's the lowest point. So like, it just seems irredeemable by that point. And it is. Well, and Revenge of the Sith is like, you know, relatively well liked, but that movie's also PG thirteen. Yeah. And like my kids are nine and seven, so I'm like, uh, we might need to wait well, a it's year. Really on that just, one. just just the, the romance alone in that one. Oof. Oh god. <laughs> it's horrible. I don't I like I honestly I I don't uh, whatever. I don't want to say I'll never get you. over how the age differential just was always disturbing and will always remain disturbing. And like, you know, one actor doesn't age and the other one gets twice as old. It's yeah. just so weird. <laughs> it is weird. And they, Anakin has no redeeming qualities in the second one. They fall in love no, for he's, basically he's like no head. reason. All yeah, the time. He's, yeah. he's either like a dour shithead or like a heads or like a foolish shithead. All he does is complain about Obi-Wan the whole time and whine. It's <laughs> so funny. That's like the topic of conversation. My boss sucks so bad. <laughs> All right, well, we're on a planet filled with flowers, but he sucks. Yeah. They won't let me be a full Jedi. I guess that's not till the third one. And he hates sand. Oh. Yeah. Um, so, you, so I'm, I'm gathering that you're not going to Here take. Here we go. It's the planet. <laughs> you're not going to take your daughters to see uh, Phantom Menace in theaters in May when they re-release it. No. 
No, they do. They really like, you know, and like a lot of people, a, a lot of, uh, you know, sort of shitheads online don't think that representation matters in films and games. But my daughters love the sequel trilogy because they love Ray and they think it's so cool <clears throat> that she's so heroic in those movies. And it's like, you know, anyone that can't understand why that stuff is important to little girls or other little other people that don't always see themselves on screen. It's like they need to spend more time with some folks like that and see why it's important. So it's very yeah. cute and heartwarming seeing, you know, they, they just, they love the sequel trilogy for that reason. Mm. Well, yeah. What everything you just said is correct, but that, those moves, I don't think uh, <laughs> made the sequel trilogy very good in the end. You I guys think. are punching yeah. down now because there are no star Wars movies anymore. Cause y'all killed them. Because you hate all the Star Wars movies, and now they're gone. How do you feel about that? You're just going to get long Star Wars shows now. It is dumb that except Star Wars, except Ray's coming back. When we were growing up, the biggest movie franchise in the world yeah, is true. it's just a TV show now. That's all yeah. it is. <laughs> except, except now the TV show is going to be a movie. Well, yeah, you're right. <laughs> you're right. Okay. Well, this is called Game Scoop. Oh, by the way, sorry. Um, <laughs> I watched The Holdovers, and it's very good. I recommend cool. that. Oh, I want to see that. It's good. Yeah, yeah. All Paul Giamatti's movie. Paul Giamatti. Nominated for Best Picture. Very good. Okay, let's see. What were we going to talk about this week? A tale of two (laughs) demos. I recently played two demos. One for Contra Operation Galuga. Galuga! And Unicorn Overlord. (laughs) One of them uh, reaffirmed my reservations that I had about the game, and one of them was effing awesome. (laughs) Yeah, so I guess I dodged the Galuga bullet there, huh? Yeah, it's like it's it's weird. So uh, a new you know new two D uh, contra game from Way Forward, uh, who's made lots of good retro style you know action games with pix- both pixel art and not pixel art. But I don't know why this just it's just really ugly to me. I just can't get past the three D uh, yeah. graphics. But as you yeah. can see here, the sort of character portraits are done in a really nice like you know hand painted style that looks good. That actually reminds me of like Metal Gear Solid artwork. Mm-hmm. And this is kind of the situation with uh, Advanced Wars 1 and 2 Reboot Camp last year, where like the in-game like graphics were rendered in this ugly 3D, but there was also 2D like hand-drawn character portraits that look great. And I don't know what's going on at Way Forward that they are choosing mm-hmm. to go in this 3D style. Either there's pressure from Konami, or internally maybe they've lost like some uh, some of the artists that worked on their pixel art games in, in the past, but like. They made a pixel art Contra game before, Contra 4, for Nintendo DS, and look it up. It looks great. It still looks great today. Yeah, we just must be so far past the point in which it's much easier to develop on 3D platforms, right? Yeah. I mean, pixel art's expensive, right? But it'd be cool if they got that uh, that Octopath engine. That'd be a neat way to make a Contra game, right? It's technically 3D, but it looks great. Yeah. I mean, there there are still... Even, like, big publishers, like Square Enix, making... um, Pixel art. Sorry, I've been ruined by like Dead Cells. It's just, I just, any sort of like retro yeah. action game like that, I want it to look like Dead Cells. No, mm. definitely. This, yeah, I mean, the Octopath is a good point. I'd never even thought about like HD 2D, is that what they call it? 2D HD, mm-hmm. whatever it is. Yeah. I'd never thought about like that treatment for something other than an RPG. Yeah. Right. The, we're but, seeing... like giving that, giving, doing that like Contra, that'd be so rad. Yeah. We're looking yeah. at Contra and, 4 and here. Like, just incredible. Mm-hmm. This is like probably 15 years old now. And I think to my eyes, this looks so much better than Operation yeah. Galuga. And, and there's like, there is the, like we've seen it's go, like there's a Metal Slug tactical RPG somewhere out there. Maybe. In the ether that looked really good. <laughs> yeah. You know, so it, it would be, see, it would be neat to see that extend to action genres past the, 
strategy stuff. It's, it's, just, RPGs. it's just weird. WayForward has done this stuff in the past. They have an, uh, an Aliens Metroidvania called Aliens Infestation that has great pixel art. And then they've done Shantae games, which started about pixel art, but now it's just like a really nice like hand-drawn 2D animation. They look great. It's just WayForward. Mm-hmm. Like, they're not very good at 3D graphics, I don't think. Uh, so I, mm-hmm. I think I wish they would stop leaning on That's that. That's interesting. Anyway, I, I don't... <laughs> a lot of people like to say... Graphics don't matter. I think they do. Not the most important thing, but very important. Uh, and I just don't want to look at something like Operation Galuga for long periods of time. <laughs> but uh, oh, the other game so is funny. Unicorn Overlord. And oh my gosh, it's so good. It's so fun. Uh, it's got, it's like it's night and day between that and Contra in terms of visuals. It has gorgeous 2D uh, art and animation. And it looks really, it just looks stunning. And the combat is super fun. Maybe not, it's definitely more of a Justin game than a Sam game, I think. Mm. It's, uh, it reminds me of Ogre Battle 64, where you're moving um, sort of like groups of troops around the map and everyone moves in real time, but when two, when, uh, when one of your units and enemy units uh, in- encounter, it'll go to a battle screen and battle happens automatically. You don't do anything during the battle, you just watch things right. play out. You set up everything beforehand. And everyone yeah. has actions and skills, and you can assign which skills you want them to have, and then you can sort of assign priority to them. So it's about you being like smart ahead of time, ahead of the battle, and then watching things play out. And I love, I love that sort of like game where you get to set things up ahead of time and then watch it play out, yep. whether that's an auto battle or I whatever. Mean, this is also the new game from Vanillaware, yep. which they don't make games that often, and, right? Yeah. And like they've never, they've never made a bad game as far as I know. Um, they made Odin Sphere, and um, I don't know why that's the one that popped into my head. Their most famous one is um, what was Dragon, the one that came out after Dragon's Odin Sphere? Yeah, Crown. yeah, Dragon's Crown. Um, you know, and like, like it's part from part of the team that brought you Thirteen Sentinels, which was a really, really good. I mean, it's not doing it's doing it a disservice to call it a visual novel, but like that was a similar thing, like this very story heavy, almost visual novel esque game that also had this whole kind of tactical. RPG real-time strategy, you know, sort of in between the story bits, you were fighting it out and things that way. And that game was also really cool. So, yeah. you know, it's beautiful. Like, you're right. It's definitely a Justin game. When does it come out? Soon. Look at it. It's coming out. Oh, it comes out next week. Yeah. Yeah, it's like March 8th or 9th. So. <clears throat> mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I'm very interested. I wonder, I, I, I can't trust, the Switch is so old now that I can't, it's like maybe this game runs really beautifully and perfectly on the Switch, or like maybe it doesn't. But I'm past the point where I'll just buy a Switch game, a multi-platform Switch game sight unseen. I feel like I need to see how it plays on that platform yeah. first. Man, it's crazy. I've already played... I've, I've played 10 new games so far this year that were released in 2024. I've mm-hmm. played 10 games wow. for a, you know at least a couple hours each. 10 different games. Well, and there's a lot of games we're giving really high scores to, and I, I'm really curious about where... Unicorn will fall there, but like we're looking at like a crazy year. And I mentioned this last week, but like JRPG wise too, or just like cool nerdy Japanese games. Like it's it's already an amazing year. I mean, yeah. Yakuza and Final Fantasy and this all all at the same time. Grand Blue, people are freaking out about that game. Like it's just really really neat time. Yakuza, Yakuza, yep. <clears throat> um, and then the other thing I've been playing, I, well, I just started last night. Something that I'd never played before, but I always wanted to check out was Star Wars Dark Forces Remaster. Ooh. Uh, this is a it, it is Doom. It's Doom, classic Doom with a Star Wars skin. I think it came out in '95 when I did not have a computer at the time, so I did not have access to this game. But I love old school Doom, and I love yep. 
Star Wars, despite our conversation earlier. And the one difference here is, uh, or sort of an upgrade, is that you can look <laughs> up and down. So there's a y-axis for you. Oh, they added that. Okay. Yeah, but it looks like Doom, as you can see. And like at the Does time, that make it harder to hit hit things though, because before they would just auto target whatever yeah. you were shooting left to right. I don't know about harder, but and it, it it definitely adds a different sort of layer to the shooting strategy. At the time that that this was released, this is like the absolute cutting edge of first person shooters, and it has these sort of cut this fully voiced cutscenes. Um, mm -hmm. And so they 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 updated the visuals, although you don't have to use them. You can toggle them on and off, like in a lot of these things. So I like playing with the old school visuals, uh, where everything's very jagged. But they did not upgrade the music, and the music is it's life. It's just MIDI MIDI versions of Star Wars uh, themes, and oh, it's funny. great. And then the I dialogue mean, is all the Dark original Force dialogue, and it sounds like uh, like low quality MP3s because it's so heavily compressed to fit on you know the storage constraints of the time. So That's really funny. It's great. It's got a cool, you know, it's got that doom sort of like uh, isolated, you know, lonely feeling of going through corridors and hearing uh, enemies around the corner, but just skinned with Star Wars and, you know, what everyone's understanding of Star Wars was in 1995 as well. Right. There's That's what big, makes it uh, rad. No, I just like a couple things about Dark Forces. One, they made a bunch of sequels, right? They made um, Jedi Knight, and then and then it took over the name of the franchise. It became, it was Dark Forces Two Jedi Knight, but then it became the Jedi Knight franchise. And but those games don't have the pixel art graphics. They switched to three D graphics. They look like PS One era early three mm -hmm. D, and like they're really good. They're really well liked. But to me, the charm of the original Dark Forces with its Doom-like sprites yeah. is just perfect. Like the sprite-based Stormtrooper and sprite-based um, uh, uh, Darth Vader, like super rad. Um, and it's like peak, I mean, you kind of already said this, Damon, but it's like peak sort of Doom-era FPS design, yeah. which, you know, like there's not there's not that many of them, actually. Like, you know, Doom, Hexen, Heretic, Dark Forces, like that's kind of like the big four. Yeah. I love the, these like jankly animated cutscenes. It just it looks like um, yeah. other Lucasfilm games like Monkey Island and that sort of thing. It's just it's got a yeah. great vibe to it. I love it. I think you'd like it too, Sam. Yeah, it came out for PS One. I it noticed did. because did. I was cleaning up the uh, the cheat codes pages, and that really makes me wonder like why it didn't get a Nintendo sixty four port because I would have mm. I didn't have a PS One, so I would have mm. played it on Nintendo sixty four. But it's weird that it didn't. Yeah, that's a good point. And you can just enter cheat codes from the menu. It's super easy to... Yeah, do you just select them or do you have to enter the, the codes still? Well, there's just... I know that... The, I haven't done it, but there's in the, in the main... In the, just in the menu, you can just enter. There's a cheat code section, so... Okay, yeah, yeah. I'll take a look. Yeah, so we have, like, a list of those and there's, like, codes you can enter to skip levels and then there's, like, codes that are... Um, yeah, you have to, like, bring up some kind of other prompt. I, I don't know. I was just, like, working that page today. I might need to have you test some of those. Okay. Man, I miss code. I wish I'd yeah, turn on paintball mode and dark yeah. forces. Turn on yeah, big head mode. Cool. They have God mode. They have all that stuff. That's cool. That's great. Uh, and Sam, you're still playing Final Fantasy VII Rebirth? Yep. I've been playing a lot of it. I'm at the point where I'm at a, uh, a tropical island, and like the, there's a huge amount of diversions there. You can, there's like a lot of mini games, and the, the reward is swim gear for your party, and it's just like... A totally weird, I think, like almost Yakuza like break in the action, right? Like, because there's like so much sidetracking and like so much weird stuff, and it doesn't take itself seriously. And it's just super fun and goofy, and you don't have to do all this stuff. But, you know, I got drawn into it. You know, mm -hmm. I had some friends over that were 
doing something else that I, I was like uh, uh, playing this game and I, they were kept looking over like, what is this game about? <laughs> I was like, it's about this capitalist, uh, you know, entity that, you know, is ruining the earth and you're a plucking group of heroes. But, uh, you know, I'm just I'm just returning some carts that have chocobos on them right now. It's not a big deal. Yeah. (laughs) It's called side quests, kids. (laughs) Let me tell you all about them. I'm still greatly enjoying Rebirth uh, as well. Justin, did you were able to get into it last night at all? So I made a classic blunder, um, which you'd think I'm almost 40 years old and I've been playing video games my whole life. You'd think I'd know better. <laughs> I restarted Remake. Ah, okay. Because I, I did, well, that, that was before Rebirth came out. I restarted Remake, you know, whatever, five or six days ago because we talked about it on Scoop. And I was like, oh, man, yeah, I like that game. And I was like, I'll bump it down to easy and I'm just going to try to blast through it. Mm-hmm. And then not really, I, I like, you can't, there's no blasting through it because the cutscenes are the game. <laughs> like that game, like it's linear, yeah, right? Yeah. And like everything, like even when it's on easy, like, yeah, I'm getting through the battles faster, but it's like everything takes forever. So now I'm like 11 or 12 hours into remake. <laughs> and it's like, <laughs> I've made a, I've made, I've, you know, mistakes were made, which, you know, and I'm playing remake on PS5 and I can't tell the difference between that and when I played it on PS4, like the oh, PS4 yeah. graphics. Mm-hmm. Um, and like I'm sure side by side, like maybe I'd tell, but like you know, as a game that I played a year or two ago, it's not like it doesn't look like eye poppingly better on PS5. So, you know, I don't know. Like I really like Midgar, like Act One of Final Fantasy VII is just like so iconic, and I like those moments, and I like those beats, and I like that music. So I'm having a good time going through remake, but now I feel shackled. Like I want to play this. Yeah, I want to play the game, the footage that we're watching right now. But you know what's I funny keep- about the music is that. I uh, another piece of commentary I've had from people like around this game is like, why is that song on repeat? Because it's such short loops and we don't really play games where there's like a repeated, you know, overworld theme anymore. Like that's just not a thing. And it, it it feels out of place. doesn't mean you can't turn it down or anything. I'm not, it's not really a a critical part like of the game to have it on. So who cares? But like, it's just after playing a game like breath of the wild, which like handled music in such an interesting way, Mm And other games just kind of crank it up, but might maybe just have world sounds sometimes. Like it's just like constant. Do 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 do. It just repeats. That just repeats. Yeah, it does. It does that in the slums and remake too. It like you know, and like I love it. Like that's a song from my childhood. But it definitely, it definitely stands out as being unusual and different to music. Yeah, the Cha Cha Island music was excruciating, (laughs) and and I I never turned down music in games, but I did turn it down after having people ask about it over and over again. Okay, guys, go back to what you're doing. I will turn down this music. (laughs) And Sam, have you still not played any Queen's Blood? I'm so mad about Queen's Blood. (laughs) Oh my god! So Queen's Blood is the card game, and it's yes. completely like I don't know. Like I have no idea what's happening in it. I didn't follow a <laughs> tutorial. Of course, it threw me at a point in which I had to play it. But and then it, like everybody, it was funny. I was like telling staff like I was avoiding. Oh, that's really fun. You play. I was like, no, I'm not going to. I'm not going to play this game. And I'm being forced to play. They're like, no, no, you can just turn down this tournament. I'm like, no. If you turn down the tournament, you still have to play the finals of the tournament. You just don't get to practice. <laughs> So that was ridiculous. But then I just, uh, you know, I, I like, I think I was able to in the match lose really quickly. And then it was a positive story point because like the character that you're playing, like that actually worked out for me. Um, mm. So that was kind of neat. Right. 
So then I was like, oh, I'm in the clear. And then I found out that to romance certain characters, you also have to play Queen's Blood. So mm-hmm. sure, why not? Fuck you, Final Fantasy. <laughs> <laughs> just embrace it. It's so good. Queen's Blood is like I can't embrace it. It's just bullshit. It's a bunch of fucking cards with dots on them. Like, oh my god, kill me, kill me. It's so it's good. so stupid. And then you play these AI characters. The only reason you ever win in these games is because they give you an advantage. It's not like you're like, oh, I'm amazing Queen's Blood player. I'm playing this AI that's great. No, it's because you get to go first. Y'all are bad at games if you think this is fun. It's stupid. They're always waited. They're like, oh, you're going to play an easy person. Then you're going to play a medium person. Why do you think that's easy? It's because it's cheating on your behalf. It's dumb. Stupid. Cool. But yeah, Queen's Blood. Uh, apparently, it's really fun, though. So it, it don't let really me fun. get you down about Queen's Blood. It is. I like it. Really I can already tell I'm going to like it. <laughs> I, yeah, I haven't even played it and I like it. Yeah. Yeah, our staff loves it. Every Everybody that, that has given it a fair shake likes it. And it looks like I'll have to if I care about certain characters and romance, which I don't. Mm-hmm. Tifa's so, dead to me now. You're dead to me. <laughs> <laughs> Never going to learn cards. If you're someone that hasn't listened to hundreds of hours of Game Scoop, you have to understand that Sam just says stuff sometimes. It doesn't, <laughs> we you all know, just say don't, stuff. Don't, don't worry about it too much. <laughs> We all just say stuff. That's true. It's just That's words. just life. That's what podcasting is. It's true. <laughs> I'm surprised there's not more of them. Um, okay, we have a birthday this week. Happy birthday to PlayStation VR 2. Turning <laughs> one. Aww. One year old. And in that year, oh, there's been so much great software <laughs> released for it. <laughs> No, actually, um, IGN Tech Writer has a good article out today with the headline, A year since its release, Sony seems to have abandoned PlayStation VR 2, which I believe is a true statement. I think the only first party was that launch game, the uh, Horizon Call of the Wild. Is that what it's called? Mm-hmm. And that's about it. Which is just such a weird and situation. There's nothing it, new to sh- say about this. Did they shut that developer like, down today? I'm sorry? I think there. I think the Horizon Call of the Wild developer is that one of the ones that's being shuttered by Sony. Maybe not. Maybe I shouldn't say that. Uh, I, I, well, we did report that the VR stuff was hit hard. That was by Studio the, London. The recent lapse. Studio London was shut down. It's just such a strange move. It's like, I mean, everyone knows what the problems are. It has a very steep price. It costs more than the console itself. It mm-hmm. it lacked backwards compatibility with the original PSVR. But both of those would be more forgivable if there were a compelling library of exclusives to play on it, but there just isn't. Sony's, like, not supporting it at all. So I just, like, what happened behind the scenes? Who's making these decisions? Like, Like what was their plan? They would know, they would know in the run-up to this launch, like, we have nothing coming out for this console over the next year, right? Like, so what, I don't understand, they're like... It's whatever the opposite of like a positive. It's a negative feedback loop yeah. because, you know, the console's super expensive. Therefore, people don't want to buy it unless there's going to be like a long library of like supported games for years. But there's not a long library of like, you know, games coming out because it's so expensive that nobody bought it. Right. So it's like these things push on each other in such a negative way that like, you know, like, look, like I'm, I am the target demo for this thing. Like I have the disposable income. I like video game experiences. I like my PS five, but like everyone else, I didn't buy it. Cause I'm not confident that there would be, you know, I've been proven correct. Right. Like yeah. not confident that there'd be this library of ongoing support for it. It's, it's sad. It's too bad. It is too bad I mean, because PC it's actually VR, a great man. piece of hardware. It's a yeah, great, exactly. VR I have something nice to say about okay. this console. Okay. Okay. 
uh, it will be such an amazing collector's item. I think that <laughs> if you can get this right now and then get it in the box, you know, never open it and then figure out how to get a, uh, you know, a console with all the digital media on it. Cause I don't think there's hard copies of, of PSVR games, but if there are, that's even cooler. So, you know, put that in your, put that in your closet, store it in a, in a cool, dry place. And, uh, and then you'll, you'll be sitting on what, you know, what is this generation's virtual boy, which is really cool. Virtual boys are super cool. Did you see the virtual boy emulator from this week, by the way? Yeah. Yeah. For oh 3DS, right? Oh my God. Yeah. With 3D effect, like, <clears throat> yeah. you know, why didn't Nintendo do this? We'll never know. I know that was, interesting. I mean, I know it's like this shame spot for them, but like it, it is super cool. And there's like, like there's the same amount of games out for PSVR as there were for like, you know, <laughs> virtual boy. It's like 15 or whatever. Right. And uh, no, no killer app. So it, it's a pretty interesting situation. Yeah. I was following former IGN Nintendo editor, Craig Harris on his uh, adventure to get the, um, the virtual boy emulator set up on 3ds. And according to him, it's super easy to do. And he said the same thing, Sam, that like, this is so cool. Something Nintendo's totally should have done, but like Nintendo's ego <laughs> wouldn't want to like, it's like, I mean, what the virtual boy is probably Nintendo's greatest failure. Like that it just yeah, doesn't, well, they just don't want the Wii, the, the, the Wii U is up there and they put out Wii U up games there. all the time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't know. They sold millions of Wii U's at least. Yeah. Virtual boy, man. That's pretty bad. Yeah. They still put out Wii U games all the time. <laughs> we could get Nestor's Funky Bowling if they would just lighten up. It's true. Um, it's just so weird. They, Sony's got... They, they experiment with hardware a lot more than Xbox does. The PlayStation Portal is like a surprise hit. That's actually very popular. But then That's they... I, like It must have been really expensive for them to make and produce and you know develop this PSVR 2 and it, just to not support it. It just doesn't make any sense to me. So... Here's my seven-step plan. Yeah. I have a seven-step plan for Sony to turn Ooh. things around with the PSVR 2. Step one, release a new everybody, Everybody's Golf VR. They mm -hmm. did one for PSVR mm -hmm. okay. 1, but it's not Packers compatible. So make a new Everybody's Golf and revert its name back to Hot Shots Golf because that's a much better name. <laughs> sure. I don't, I, just, I don't care about the rights. I don't care. Nope. Just figure it out. You just do it. <laughs> yeah. You guys just do it. New Hot Shots Golf. Step two. You, if you can't get Half-Life Alex on there, that would be, although it would, <laughs> yeah. it would be huge uh, to have that as, you know, a console exclusive for that game. For whatever reason you can't do that, you do have shooter franchises you can put on it, Resistance and Killzone. Just make a good, a good entry in those uh, franchises in VR. Step three, but bring back Warhawk, the vehicular combat game with both uh, ground-based and aerial uh, uh, vehicles. It was third-person based, but just put just put us in the cockpit in this uh, sort of vehicular combat game. Mm -hmm. Step four: bring back Eye of Judgment, the uh, PlayStation Ooh. Eye card game, which was good. We gave oh, it yeah. an eight out of ten, by the way, back on the PS3. Bring that Isn't back. It a game so the camera like shows the yeah. monsters on the cards. Yeah, I have a I have I have an Eye of Judgment story. I, yes. I'm I I may not have even what year did that game come out? Sorry, one sec. What year is it? Eye of Judgment. Uh, da, 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 da. 2007. So I was newly married. Mm -hmm. um, we, we, my wife and I are running errands or something. We went to Target. I bought Eye of Judgment with the pack. It came with the camera and the whole thing, a pack of cards. It's like expensive. And then we're running errands. And then, you know, we stopped to go to the next errand. And she's like, do you, you know, you're going to come in with me. And I'm like, no, I'm going to stay here and look. <laughs> I want to stay in the car and flip through my nerd cards. 
and but they were in like a blister pack and she's like you're not gonna be able to open it you're gonna need to wait until we get home and get a pair of scissors i'm like i'll figure it out i'll like bite it open or something because it was in that one of those crappy plastic things and then i'm trying to tear it open so that i can look at my nerd cards and uh, the corner of it ends up like slicing my finger and I'm bleeding <laughs> everywhere in the car. And she comes back to me like I've got these like Kleenexes and I'm trying to like stop bleeding and I'm like getting blood over everything. And she's like, what the hell happened? And but I was so I wanted to get into that pack and see my nerd card so bad that I couldn't wait to get home and open it correctly with a pair of scissors. <laughs> and that's my story about eye of judgment. Cool. And then I played the game one time and the AR stuff barely worked. It was gimmicky. And then I never played. Oh no. <laughs> cool. So we call yeah. that the queen's blood experience. <laughs> I do have right in that closet back there. I still have my eye of judgment cards though. So that's pretty cool. I wonder but if there was something. Blister pack destroyed. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, step five, bring back war of the monsters which was published by Sony back on PlayStation 2. That was the uh, uh, giant monster kaiju fighting game where you destroy the cities, and I can see that working both in third and first person. Step six, bring back Jumping Flash, which they made two of for the original PlayStation, and that's a first-person platformer where you're a robot rabbit, and you jump really high, and that would look really cool in VR. Jumping like way, way high up off the ground to, from platform to platform. And step seven, bring back Bushido Blade, the one-hit kill dismemberment weapons-based fighter from Square, just Squaresoft at the time. Back in the day, it had a first-person mode. Time to bring that back, put that in PSVR 2. Mm-hmm. And Sony, if you do was that... Was that a sneaky I, game? Is it what now? Was that a sneaky game? No, it's a fighting game. One-on-one fighting game. Okay. With weapons. Oh, fighting, okay. That was more... It realistically... It tried to realistically treat... You could, you know, kill your opponent with one slash gonna, of your katana. That was the one. That's what I was going to say. It's like, that was the one if you got him just right, it would be like a one-hit kill. Yeah. This is my... Um, I like that you're in, like, just specifying in your seven-step plan, Damon, that they need to make the games good. Yep. yep. That's an important part of just, it as well. Just make them good. Okay. Well, I will I will just throw it out there that even if they did all the seven of those things, I don't think they would sell any more PlayStation VRs. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Uh, but important update: I have judgment cards are not valuable at all. They're not actually, at all. you can get like a you you can get a hundred packs of them for twenty dollars on eBay. <laughs> we see see look at look at this beautiful footage of Bushido Blade and tell me this isn't going to sell PSVR two. <laughs> yeah, I think those are probably the best choices for PSVR two. I'm I'm not knocking your plan. I'm I'm knocking the idea that people want things on their face right now. I don't think it's going, I don't think it's, this is amazing, by the way. I don't think this is going much better for Apple, frankly, right now either. No, it's not. Oh, I don't know about that. Apple. You don't think so? I think that, I think the Vision Pro has some buzz behind it. It's so expensive. Well, they canceled their car. Yeah, that's true. Um, speaking of things uh, increasing in value, and speaking what's of- happening in this footage? What, what is this game? That's not a, a that's not a, a, this is a fighting game? Yeah, but obviously the arenas are way too big. <laughs> yeah. That's what's happening? This person's just running away is because their life bar is low? That's what you can yeah. do in this game? Yeah. They just don't want to fight. Away from, can you just go I around a circle and run forever? But I don't like remember that, this, like this, person, this arena at all. Yeah, okay, Bushido Blade. Anyway. Well, that was great. That was great. <laughs> speaking of things increasing in value and speaking of Final Fantasy VII... Sam, were you aware that the original Final Fantasy VII from 1997 had, had a misprint on certain copies? And that those, well, if you, a sealed version of that goes for over $6,000 today? 
Wow. Yeah. But is that because you don't know if the is the misprint on the on the it's on the back of it's on the back of the box, and in one of the there's a quote about it from a review that called it a masterpiece, (laughs) like, Mm -hmm. and the I in masterpiece is floating like off the side of the word. Funny, yeah. I'll have to check my copy. I still, yeah, I want to go check mine now. So, yeah, a box copy of that over $6,000. And why this is funny is that in Japan, there's another misprint with the, yeah, the I saw physical the versions one, of Final yeah. Fantasy VII Rebirth. The disc comes yeah. on two discs. One's a play disc and one is a data disc, but the labels are swapped. Mm-hmm. <laughs> as, as is tradition, there is a misprint. I mean, it's like, does somebody lose their job over that? It's like I'm of two minds on the one hand. We're all human and we all make mistakes and they put out, you know, a PSA. Hey, the discs are wrong. Don't worry about it. But on the other hand, it's like that's like a big chunk of somebody's entire job is doing like final checks on like those packaging and those art files and stuff. Well, I mean, get it right. I'm sure it probably it could have happened at the manufacturing plant. So maybe it isn't even Square Enix's fault. Sure. Yeah. I, I noticed that like what our original Final Fantasy VII guide um, and, and, and references to Final Fantasy VII are frequently do, make use of this, but they, they talk about what disc you're on. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. like the, the, the guide is, is that one three disc? Maybe it's just two. Seven was three discs. So yeah, so it's like, you know, you're, the disc, th- it's like walkthrough is broken up into disc one, disc two, disc three, and then the chapters on those discs, which is like so multimedia 90s. I love it. Yeah. Yeah, disc one was like Midgar, and then disc two was basically the whole rest of the game, and then disc three was kind of just the end and the climax, and that's mostly mm. because the FMV, the mm. file sizes on the videos were so huge that like... Yeah. Joe was eye. trying to show us the uh, misprinting there. I don't... Oh. I can't tell okay. from where I'm sitting back here, but there's... It's there's very silly if it's that... Floating off to the side. Well, we'll have to uh, verify what the sold prices are for this. Yeah. The right. asking yeah. price that is really high. Um, it'd be really cool if they did editions of this then with three discs in the old jewel cases that last about two seconds. Yeah, that would have been good actually. That's a that is a cute idea. This episode of Game Scoop is brought to you by NordVPN. As Scoop Nation knows, your Omega Cops have been a little obsessed with a movie called Weekend at Bernie's lately. But as happens too often these days, it is difficult to find it streaming here in the U.S. That's where NordVPN comes in. With NordVPN, you can switch your virtual location to a more enlightened region where they appreciate the comic delights of Weekend at Bernie's. And it's not just for streaming movies and shows. Switching your virtual location can allow you to save money by purchasing flights, hotels, and subscriptions from other countries at a cheaper price. And you can do all this worry-free as NordVPN threat protection features protect you from viruses, malware, and phishing sites. Best of all, NordVPN costs the price of a cup of coffee a month, and one account can be used on up to six devices. To get the best discount on your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com gamescoop. Our link will also give you four extra months on the two-year plan. There's no risk with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee. That's nordvpn.com gamescoop. This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news... Leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's peanut butter cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. 
Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. What are some of the worst games in the best franchises? And shout out to Will Rakowski and Scoop Nation who posted this uh, question in the Facebook group. Mm. For example, what would be the worst Super Mario game? And would it be the Lost Levels, just because it's like unfairly hard? Mm-hmm. Or would it be Super Mario Run, because nobody cares about that? <laughs> oh, that game had its day. Yeah, it had its minute. If, if Mario Run counts, it's definitely Mario Run. But I would posit that like we should stick to like the console games only. Mm, okay. In that case, there, we have Mario's Time Machine, Mario's Missing on Super Nintendo and NES. That are well, really but those are like bad. kind of like. But those aren't, the, and they're not Super Mario. Yeah, games. I was I was saying Super no, Mario. Not the Super Mario. Because yeah, the the platformers. I, well, I, so what about sixty four DS? That one is loathed. Is it? Yeah, loathed? it added. Well, the control scheme was tough. I mean, they did the best. They remember it had that thumb strap thing because there was yeah. no analog pad on the original DS. Mm-hmm. Goodness gracious! And it added forty or fifty stars, which is actually pretty cool. But like I none of the stars, cool none of the stars they added are that interesting. Hmm. Um, yeah, I, I mean, if we're talking like mainline Mario games only, yeah, Lost Levels is a very good candidate. I, I would personally say Mario Sunshine as well. It's wow. recent. Wow. It's at least it's a, by far the worst three D Mario. Oh, I think I like it better than Galaxy or Galaxy Two. Uh, uh, I like the Hub World. I think it's yeah. really cool. It is. Hurts it is my, difficult. Hurts though. my heart. Um, but yeah, the 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 um, what's the uh, uh, oh yeah, the, the new Super Mario Brothers series I think is a is kind of yeah. a, a low point. And I just think new Super Mario Brothers Vanilla on DS it was it's just bad. I think that game's I, a bad game, but it's not worse than Lost Levels. I get them all mixed up. I can't ever remember which is which because there's four of them, right? There was two on the DS and then there was Wii two. Wii and Wii U. Like New Super Mario Brothers U, I remember being just boring and kind of a nothing game. And they did New Super Luigi U for it too, yeah, which exactly. is well, because basically which lost was great. levels for it. Yeah. So hard, I, hard, yeah. hard. I think it's lost levels. Yeah, I mean, I think it's just Super Mario Brothers 2 Japan. It's a crappy game. It's not fun to play. Mm-hmm. It has some redeeming qualities like the poison mushroom is funny. Yeah. I don't think I ever warp, given warp. a really low score to any Super Mario game, but I think New Super Luigi U we gave like a seven, and that's like the lowest oh. we've ever given. Oh, it's so good though, man! It's like one of the best DLCs. That makes me sad. <laughs> you have those derpy Luigi jumps. It makes it that they built the puzzles around, which I think is really neat. What's the worst Zelda game? And again, Zelda like two. The, the Philip CDI yeah, games would yeah. be too easy. Right? Yeah, 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 for sure. And it, and I should point out, it could be. It's possible that it, the worst game in the series could still be pretty good, right? Hmm. I think most people would say like Phantom Hourglass, something like that. For it, I was wondering those those two games good. or Spirit Tracks. Although I was looking back, we gave Spirit Tracks a ten out of ten. Yeah. What? <laughs> you know what's weird? I I I did the full guide for that, which is a lot of work, and it was over Thanksgiving, and I should hate it, but I loved it. I loved it. Spirit Tracks? It should have ruined the game for me, but I, it really helped me enjoy the game for whatever reason, because it probably got me over some 
hurdle that other people did. I really like the Wind Waker universe. Mm-hmm. I think it was yeah. like cool to, that it was set there. I just I just thought it was I, I didn't like Phantom Hourglass as much, but I like Spirit Tracks. Yeah, I, Spirit Tracks. So I just look at watching this footage. Spirit Tracks might be the only Zelda game ever that I haven't finished. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was just I don't even think I was a games journalist yet. I think I was just a gamer and I'm like, I'm not having a good time and just closed my DS and never opened it back up again. Some people might say Zelda 2, The Adventure of Link. I would say Zelda 2. Yeah, yeah, famously so, right? Yeah. Yeah, and then I, I know people like this kind of like the prequels now, but like I think Twilight Princess had like a dip in its popularity for a while, and so did Skyward Sword. Um, those games, like, I, I go back to play all these Zelda games frequently, and like Twilight Princess like sucks to go back and play. Like It really does have hours and hours and hours <laughs> of nonsense to get yeah. through and then you just get like strung through the first couple dungeons mm-hmm. Eat right through the fire temple there's just no zelda about it it's just do these tutorials play these things and then finally they're like okay here's a little open world for you to go out in and collect bugs and like it's just not it's just not it's just, it's just not great so you know would i put that behind zelda 2 like i doubt it but like i like zelda 2 now because i forced myself to play it with a guide and i was like this is a quirky, cool game that like most stuff from Zelda originates from that's not in the first game. All the names, lots of concepts. Like there's just tons of Zelda 2 DNA in a lot of the other games. And, and it's just neat. It's it's impossible. Like, you know, without save states beating the last bosses is, is impossible, but somehow children did it at the time. Yeah. But hey, children beat everybody at first person shooters now. So that's yeah. just state of things. There's the Hyrule Warriors games too. I don't know if we count those, but yeah, that'd those be would be to count. Well, um, something I'm not right? interested in. I tried to play those. They're not very fun. No. Uh, the worst Resident Evil six. Oh, yes, I mean it's like a. It's don't an they easy get really event? bad on? Aren't there like ones on PlayStation era that are like bad though? Like the well, uh, one, two, the and tank three, control I mean. ones. Well. I mean, but it's like at the time, you know, they were incredible. It's like Tomb Raider. And we mm. talked about that a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. yeah, I think six. I mean, six is the last one I played. I'm like, I don't need to do this anymore. <laughs> it's brutally bad. I don't know why either. It doesn't make sense. It looks good as it should be you know, set at a cool time. Like everything kind of makes sense for this to rule. But then, boy, is it bad. Well, I mean, what a like what a turnaround. Like, yeah, it's hor- it's it's bad. And like then seven, like seven was so good. And then that's when we also started the remake era after six, like Capcom absolutely righted the ship, Mm -hmm. right? Like good for them. The revelations games are even a little bit better than this. Also revelations has a famously uh, misprinted box art. Really? Remember that Resident Evil revelations? Oh wow! (laughs) No, I didn't remember that. It's on the spine too. So if you have it lined up with everything else. Oh, I do. I remember that now. Yeah. That's yeah, good. yeah, yeah. On the it was yeah. Capcom has a couple of those, including one involving IGN. The Okami oh, yeah. for oh, We yeah. box art include the IGN logo on it. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Um, what's the worst Mario sports game? We gave Mario Tennis Ultra oh. Smash on Wii U a four point eight. I I can't. Yeah, like, that was I, a pretty I, dull I, game. <laughs> Was but like, say, we're I talking d- about the worst game in the best series. Is Mario Sports a best series? Well, I'm just, Mario Golf is. Sorry, I was just trying to think of. Uh, I know. <laughs> just franchises. Well, we, the, I'll tell you what. The Virtual Boy one is not the worst one. I'm sticking by that. Mario Tennis on Virtual I mean, Boy. That one's okay. Yeah. 
Yeah, I was uh, I was a little worried because if we do Final Fantasy, I'm Matt, I'm worried someone's going to say 15, and then I'm going to get all heated about it. <laughs> let's do Final, <laughs> let's do Final Fantasy. Uh, I don't surely 15 I mean, I think, is not worse than the 13 trilogy, right? Right. Yeah. I mean, I think most people would think 15 is worse. As I well documented on GameScoop, I have a real soft spot for well, 15. Well, people don't I, like two. <laughs> I was going to say, I think the actual tr- answer is two. And, you know, the original two, not four, which was called two when it came yeah, out. Yeah, it's like Zelda, right? Like <laughs> the misstep yeah. is right really early on. Yeah. Well, and it's also like Zelda in the sense that it changed too much. Like it's got this really weird battle system that's hard to understand. And the way and lots of other RPGs have done this thing, but two's biggest sin is that the way your characters get stronger is like you like use swords more and then they're stronger at swords and get hit more and their defense goes up and that's two's whole thing. And so then people figured out that the optimal way to play the game is just to beat on your own party members. Mm-hmm. And so that's how you like, you can spend an hour like just attacking yourself and casting magic on yourself and then just steamroll through the whole game. After that. You're an experience that way. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I didn't, uh, do yeah. you do that in a fight with like imps or something like that? Yeah. Then- yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's exactly what you do. You just let them go and then you just attack yourself. And like, it, it, you know, then you heal and like that ups your, the power of your healing magic. And so the game is just completely broken and then doesn't have redeeming qualities to overcome mm. those. That's so funny. Yeah, I know very little about that too. It also does a cool, it stole from Ultima it, it, uh, because it had, it does do a cool thing where it has a keyword system where you can have conversations with NPCs like if you hear the name of like a city or a person, you can then select that to like discuss that with key NPCs in the game, but you can't select it until you hear it for the first time from somebody That's else. Cool. So it's got, it's got this kind of lock and key dialogue system. So I shouldn't say it has no redeeming qualities, but yeah, it's the worst final fantasy in mind. Those final fantasy adventures can get pretty bad. The first one's the worst one. Sorry. Uh, legends. I mean, legends. Yeah. Final fantasy adventure. There's only one of them and I hear it's really good. I never had that one as a kid. There's also Crystal Chronicles wasn't great. Oh, right? yeah. For I like Crystal Chronicles. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't like the three remake on DS either. They kept on making Crystal Chronicles. I think there was a couple of them. They, yeah. they made a few of them, yeah. What's the worst Pokemon game? I wouldn't know, but online people say Brilliant Diamond. I don't know either. Hmm. Not a Pokemon. Why? Man, that's interesting. Brilliant Diamond. I think that people really like the first two generations of Pokemon and there's a little gap in there because I think people really like the black and white era and black and white two. And then people have generally liked them since then. So that would make sense that it would be something in that, in that region. There is that middle. And I don't, just to just be clear I'm to listeners, wrong. I don't, I don't, um, I don't play Pokemon games, but like my understanding on the outside looking in is that there's this middle era of like, like when they made the Pokemon, that's literally just keys. It's just a ring of keys. And it's like, there's a generation or two of Pokemon where like the Pokemon designs kind of hit a low point and weren't very good, but they've definitely bounced back since then and are very beloved now. There was like, there was that era where like, we need to make 12 more Pokemon. And a guy just looked at his desk and it's like, what, like it's an ice cream cone, literally a pile of garbage and the keys. Yeah. Chandelier. And the chandelier. Yeah. That's That's the best generation though. That's the funniest thing. That that, yeah. that generation gets so interesting because of that. Because before I was like, we're going to make another cute one, and then we'll make three more cow types, and then yeah. then, it, then it went off the deep end. Yeah, yeah. I don't know much about Diamond Pearl, so I, I can't speak to those. But, but the ones that I have played, they're all like such of a of a you know the recent ones are of quality. Except you have you have to factor in that like Scarlet Violet, you know, 
at bad scores mm-hmm. and doesn't work That's very true. well. Maybe maybe so the like, worst Pokemon game think, just came out. I think it just came out. I think a lot of people agree that, especially because nostalgia tints so much Pokemon stuff that like, you know, to be disappointed with the latest one is a pretty interesting turn of events. Yeah, although I do, again, this is not a crazy informed opinion on my part, but it sort of seems like the Pokemon fandom sort of has two, like, how good are the new Pokemon? How good is the new gen of Pokemon? Yeah. And then how good yeah, is the game point. that sort of surrounds those Pokemon designs? Well, like, they did introduce an apple, like, in Sword and Shield, and the apple yeah. turns into, a, like, a tree or some shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think people really like the new Pokemon, but it's just the, the poor video game the Switch couldn't keep up. Mm-hmm. The worst Grand Theft Auto is an interesting one to think about because the first two are so different. And then from three on, yeah. there's not like been a I, I yeah. bad one. You kind of have to include the spinoffs in Grand Theft Auto because of because the first two were like like Chinatown Wars, right? Mm-hmm. They were that type of game. But I bet the stories ones are not really highly regarded, right? By City Stories and Liberty City Stories. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I, you know, I never, I never played one and two more than like just as a passing curiosity. So I can only pass judgment on the 3D ones, and I would say that three, you know, is they've just gotten better as they've gone, and three would be the worst of like the mainline 3D GTA's. So I would say four is the worst, although although I think it's probably right tied with three. But like, but everybody liked four at the time. But the reason I say that is kind of interesting. We have a lot of audience data and um four people do not use guides and cheats for four anymore did we lose mm-hmm. justin oh yeah we did lose justin <laughs> see what point we're at yeah you're back you're back <laughs> maybe we should stop for one second see if see if okay good? i'm connected i'm connected to the right microphone i okay hold on i lost clean feed And I am back in clean feed. I think we're good. Okay. Anyway, you were saying about four, Sam. Because I... Wait, did we lose Sam? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> You're just being yeah, very okay. still. Yeah, so for <laughs> four, I, I like we have a lot of ways to gauge audience interest. And like everybody loves San Andreas and they love GTA 5. But GTA 4 is never resurfaced as like this beloved game. I don't know what happened with it. Like I, I didn't like it at the time, but I know I'm in a minority of the people at the time. But like now, like nobody's clamoring for a PS or a GTA Four remake. Why, why is no? That? I, I don't get. It. I mean, I think that I think that Nico Bellic as the protagonist is frequently considered the best, one of the best, if not the best GTA protagonist. Like just him coming over to the country as an immigrant and gives you a real sense of that immigrant experience as part of the story. And also is the perfect window through which like, like these games are, um, are, are parodies of American culture. Right. And so just the absurdity and ridiculousness of it all, like he's just the perfect person through like a lens through which to see all of that. But like Mm -hmm. the video gamey stuff, like the game, GTA five did a better job of sort of matching the ambitions of like, they're trying to tell a little bit more serious narrative in and around all the craziness and four couldn't quite balance those two as well. In my opinion, Hmm. I never finished four played it for a while and then just moved on. What's the worst Tetris game. And is it Tetris worlds (laughs) from 2001, which (laughs) Fran Mirabella, the third gave a 4.6. That's the Tetris. I don't even know what it is. Yeah. Was that mobile? No, it was a PS2, GameCube, and Xbox. 
Wow. I, I, I remember Tetris Worlds being on everything. Like, I do remember that. And uh, there might have been some controversy at the time with, like, you know, previewing blocks or a new button or something. I can't remember what it was at that time. They added but a come new on. block. We live in a world with Hatris, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Wordtris. Weltris. Word. Yeah. Tetris 2 is, is really dumb. And I, I got into it, like, just because just I wanted to learn it. But it's it's very stupid. <laughs> Um, the worst Pac-Man game could be the Atari 2600 port. Well, uh, if you're including bad ports, then I'm sure Tetris for a lot of systems <laughs> like on cell phones and, you know, 2001 is really bad too. Yeah. That, was... that's, it's, it's a low bar if we're including, yeah. but yeah, the, uh, there's, there's bad Pac-Man games beyond that though. Cause they, they kept on making games that were like, this is the real sequel to Pac-Man, but it's just like a bad Mario knockoff, you know, mm-hmm. or that's okay what I... Mario knockoff, but there's a lot of those. Pac-Land no, sucks. I'm a little bit more of a purist where like, I don't think a Pac-Man game is just a game that stars Pac-Man. I think it needs to be like a dot munching maze game, in my mm-hmm. opinion. Um, yeah, so even then, Super Pac is pretty good. Right. Uh, Baby Pac-Man's not great. It's like a scrolly one. Uh, no, sorry, mm-hmm. not Baby Pac-Man, Pac-Man Jr. Baby Pac-Man is, is the, the pinball? pinball one, which which is mashed up with a pretty bad maze game. But it's fun because it's just like you're playing a pinball machine at the same time. Uh, there's such like a mid-level... You know, they didn't. They didn't reach too far for those arcade games at the time. They just no. kept spinning them off. Pac-Man Plus. Sorry. Well, I wanted to point out Pac-Man Fever in 2002. That's the Mario yep. Party ripoff. Mario Party. Mm-hmm. And IGN's Matt Casamassina gave it a 4.9, saying Pac-Man Fever seems to have xeroxed the party game template down to the most minuscule of details. But though it has the formula down, it has failed to capture the incentive to play and the depth to sustain continued play. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, the depths of Pac-Man, Pac-Man, if we went to Maze, we'd just have to go back to something like, you know, Pac-Man Plus or something like that. One of the spinoffs from the arcade. Yeah. And for the worst Contra game, I don't know if it would be either the PlayStation game, mm. PS1, see the Contra Adventure, or that terrible Rogue Core that we played just a few years ago. <laughs> I might rather play yeah. the PS1 game at this point. C is pretty bad, man. C is pretty bad, but Rogue Core was really bad. I didn't play it. Oh, we had, sorry, we had a Let's Play. I think maybe we did it with CJ, Sam. Yeah, I remember. Yeah, I think we did like a, we, yeah. We played it for 15 minutes. It was completely forgettable. Like, I, I, I was thinking about that while you were talking about Contra earlier. I mean, even the Game Boy Contra game, I, there, I think there's two actually, but the one I played Operation C was, was fun. It was mm-hmm. really cool. So it, it definitely had its, had its moment. <laughs> and Hardcore is good. Hardcore is good. Mm-hmm. But there's also a game for NES that nobody talks about called Contra Force, which is really bad. It's yeah. rare. People like it for that reason. Yeah, it's like... And there's one on Genesis. Um, that's Contra Hardcore. All right, interesting thought experiment uh, from Will Kraski in Scoop Nation. That brings us to Video Game 20 Questions. Our suggestion this week comes from Eric Orduno, our friend in Apple Valley, California. Let the question mm. begin. I wonder if that's <sighs> near Sacramento where there's all those apples. <laughs> I'm still leering from last week's loss. I know. Such a bummer. Wait, which one, what game was it last week? Uh, Subnautica, right? That's right, that's right, that's right. Uh, okay, um, yeah, okay. Did this game come out in the 70s, 80s, or 90s? No. 
Was it a console exclusive? No. Um, okay. Uh, is this game playable on a, is this game? Yeah. Is it playable on a current gen console? Either the Xbox or PS5 or Nintendo switch? Yes. Was uh, it originally released? Sorry. On one of these consoles? No. Oh man. Okay. Was it originally from the, uh, the, the Xbox one generation? No, that's five. Whoa. Okay. So two was this, generations at least ago. Was this game made in Japan? No. <clears throat> was it based on a license? Yes. <gasps> oh, that's so good. Cool. I don't know. It's the best way to narrow it down now. Is it based off of like a, like a comic book license? No. Is it based off of a, a movie license? Yes. Okay. Okay. It could <laughs> be Chronicles of Riddick. I feel like that's what my, whenever we talk about licensed games, that's where my mind automatically goes. Is this mm-hmm. a uh, game that takes place primarily in space or on other planets? Yes. That's 10. Star Wars, maybe? Yeah. Or Chronicles of Riddick. But I'm glad you didn't play- say in the fu- future because yeah, Star Wars well, we is a long time ago. Just to get it to Star Wars. If not. But we can just say <laughs> it, or just ask if it's a Star Wars game. Sure. Is it a Star Wars game? Yes. No, oh, it's not Chronicles of Riddick. Um, okay. So it came out after 2000, but at least, you know, at so least in the not 360. Dark Forces, right? No, not Dark Forces. And, um, and came out, uh, you know, what we eliminated PS4 and PS5. So like PS3 or PS2 era Star Wars games. Oh gosh, what Star Wars games were they making back then? I mean, it could be even earlier. Like, so it obviously could be like uh, the game, you know, like there was the Rogue Squadron games yeah. and all of those. Yeah. Was Are this, you? Or, go ahead. They also just made like the Phantom Menace and right, yeah, like just the tie-in games. Is this the main this thing you're doing in this? You go, you go, you go, you go. Was this based on a movie? Like the actual game was a spinoff from one of the movies, the mainline movies? No. Okay, that's good. I'm glad we eliminated those. Uh, Do you mainly fly a ship in this game? No. Mm. Oh, interesting. Maybe it's the the MMO? Sure, yeah. Maybe it's helpful to know. I mean, I'm not a huge Star Wars nerd. Is this set in the old Republic era? Does it take place even longer ago (laughs) in a galaxy far, far away? No. Okay, that also eliminates Kotor, obviously. Yeah. Um, good. Good. Okay, so maybe it's just the Force Unleashed in that one. Oh yeah, maybe it is the Force Unleashed. That's actually a pretty good guess. TFU one or two, and then there's also the Battlefronts. Yep, and then there. I mean, there's a lot. Like there was, um, there was the real time strategy game that they made. Oh yeah, yeah. I can't remember what it was called though. It's just part of it. Well, I guess those are all part of a series. We shouldn't do that. Um, what are the perspectives of all those? Are they all third person? Yeah, I don't know the easiest way to narrow it down. How many questions do we have left, Damon? You have five questions and a guess left. Ooh, it's a little tight, a little tight. But we eliminated a lot of stuff. We know it's not one of the racing or flying yeah. games. I bet it's, it's Force well, Unleashed. Also, you mentioned the, the vehicles. I mean, I guess you don't primarily, but... I, that might kind of eliminate Battlefront games. 
Yeah. Do you so I, I did you do you play as a Jedi that can choose to have like good powers or evil powers? Yes. That's fifteen. <laughs> yeah, okay. Nice. Do you, I mean, do you I guess, rip a well there's two of those games, huh? Is this yeah. the first in a series? Yes. So uh, yeah, that's cool. All right. I think we got Force Unleashed here. What do you remember the name? I can't remember. Um, now the now I'm gonna get called a fake fan. I can't remember the name of the your character uh, in those games. Oh boy, what's he called? It's, well, and it's like and it's like I know it too, but I just can't. It's me I too. Can't. Yeah, yeah. The, the I remember the second game starts with you destroying a bunch of uh, Wookiee villages, and then you pull a Star Destroyer out of the sky. <laughs> Although that might be that might be the the first game to Star Destroyer. Part. Uh, yeah. um what is his name his name is like you know like it's like it's very dash rendar like i think yeah yeah exactly yeah it's very and like the one in dark forces is kyle katarn um yeah i can't remember anyway is this star wars the force unleashed it is star wars the force Ooh. unleashed nicely job yes starring brian lightsaber isn't his name star killer star killer yeah yep oh and that's a reference to Luke's original name and the yep. scripts, yeah. right? And then, of course, yep. it ended up being used in Starkiller Base and <clears throat> The Force Awakens. Uh, yeah, released in 2008 for absolutely everything. PS2, PS3, Wii 360, DS, PSP, and the Engage. The Engage 2. Mm-hmm. Cool. What? It was on Engage? I wonder if it was a 2D game on Engage. Yeah, I uh, whatever it was, it was not good. <laughs> Um, and it is it is available on Switch today, and uh, I was curious yeah, if you're going to ask about right. multiplayer because that might have tripped you up because the Wii and the oh. handheld versions had a multiplayer mode. Whoa! Ah, weird. As was the style at the time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Man, like I miss this. I like watching this B-roll. I miss this era of game. Like I feel like if they were to try to make this game now, it would take six years, right? Like it would take <laughs> yeah, so totally. long, I mean, and it would be so expensive. You can't just like make a game where you just run around anymore. It's I mean, just, that's it's kind of very like hard. Star Wars Jedi games, right? Yeah. That okay. Yeah, that's true. And to be fair, those are coming out, you know, at a brisk pace. So you know, maybe three I'm wrong. years. Yeah. I've actually never definitely this remember game. this game having better textures than this. Why are you yeah. Why are you playing as Darth Vader sometimes? They're just levels where you play. That's the part you. Yeah, you you destroy all the Wookies in the beginning of okay. the game. It's just some kind of prequel thing. Okay, I think you're, you're his to... apprentice, right? Yeah, that's the that's the thing, right? You're, uh, you know, it's like the whole thing with the Sith is that they only have one apprentice, but then they secretly always have dozens of apprentices. <laughs> and I yeah. think that was the thing with this game too. Yeah. Well, what's what's Dark Apprentice? Is that the second one? Yes. Or is that just something else? Oh yeah, that's jet. J- I mean, I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, it was um, Force Unleashed 2, and maybe it had that subtitle. I can't remember. Yeah, I don't know. This was, this was a rough time for Star Wars anything. So yep. the fact that it came out and was okay, people were like, yeah, this is neat. But then yep. we were all like, but Star Wars 1313, that's going to be the real cool one. Yep. People are still still remember it to this day. Well, nicely job. Thank you for the suggestion, uh, Eric Orduno of Apple Valley, California. Viewers and listeners, if you have your own suggestions for 20 questions, email them to me at the email address gamescoop at IGN.com. And that's all the scoops that we have for you this week. Thank you to both Sam and Justin. Thank you to Jobert and Marianne working behind the scenes to make this episode possible. My name is Damon. This is IGN Gamescoop, and we're out.
Did you notice how Darth Vader, like, like he's he's a, he's a low poly count character and just IRL, right? He's just a big mm-hmm. big bunch of polygons, and like they couldn't even get that right in that game. Like, how do you make Darth Vader look janky in like 2008? Like yeah. seriously, like he's like made to be a PlayStation Three game. Very funny. Yeah, he looks good in um, uh, Soul Calibur, from what I remember. Yeah, I don't think he looks yeah. bad here. Oh, yeah. did, no, right when we cut, right there was like a shot of him up close, mm. and like his head is like <laughs> kind of sinking into his shoulders, and it just looked ridiculous. There, there he goes. That, <laughs> yeah, that does <laughs> something about that seems a little something's not right. Something's off there. <laughs> Oh man, I love it. Good video game though. He just force kicked. Did you see that? Yeah. He kicked the air and it brought down a, a whole Wookiee village. <laughs> these, you don't see that every day. These stormtroopers are taking way too many lightsaber hits. It should be like Bushido Blade. <laughs> I know. Yeah. I know. Not a lot of chopped humans. Okay. Well, good sh- All right. Thanks, everyone. All right. Thank you. See you guys. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available.